And welcome, Rooster Boosters. It's Rooster Booster time. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Mike this way, the Grand Poobah Parazini. And we have a special guest today, my buddy Phil Harris. Phil, introduce every, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, so I am the founder and main man behind the Jack's Rangers show, which is a podcast devoted solely to the fan pers- excuse me, the fan perspective for the New England Free Jacks. I also do another show called the Ruck and Rooster Show, which is um, separate than professional rugby. It's uh, mainly collegiate rugby and specifically the University of South Carolina fighting Gamecocks. I'm on the board of trustees for the team, so I wanted to start that up. It's been going great. Uh, in addition to that, I'm also a member of the 1st Regiment, which is the unofficial uh, supporters group for the New England Free Jacks. And so if you're a Clemson fan, you know where to go. Um, <laughs> stay the hell away from me <laughs> <laughs> and uh we had phil on on uh today because so what we've been doing is i went on phil's show uh it dropped this morning so check out my episode uh on jack's rangers this morning wherever mm-hmm. you find podcasts it's also i believe available on their facebook and youtube pages um and what we like to do is we like to go on each other's show the week before we play each other talk a little bit uh, I had to I had to wear the the free jacks gear because we had lost uh, the last contest uh, against them, and then th- this will be an ongoing thing where whoever joins whoever's podcast when the loser has to wear their gear. Yeah. Um, Phil was nice enough to present me with a nice polo. Uh, you know, again, you know, it's luckily lots of gear in the MLR. Not nothing really bad. You know, what I mean, like nothing yeah. stands out to me as like ugly that I wouldn't wear. Right. Um, so, you know, it was nice. It was nice to do that. You know, we talked a little bit about rugby, but let's talk about week four. Um, let's start off with, uh, the Giltinis and, and the free Jacks. I'm telling you, I went in with my super brew pick, right. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I picked, um, LA by two. And the reason being is LA is coming off that by yep. new England's rolling over to, to the West coast. And historically teams going from East coast to West coast don't play their best. Right. You know, not that I didn't think the Free Jacks didn't play their best, you know, you know what I'm saying, but just if whatever yeah. it is, the jet lag, the lack of time over there because, you know, they they kind of come over there and they play immediately almost. Mm-hmm. Um so I had LA winning the match. Um but it was a slugfest from coast to coast to be quite honest. Um yeah. you know, um was it 12-8 at halftime? You know, yeah. it's it was a close match, man. Yeah. I, I'm super proud of the Free Jacks for going all that way. I mean, they even had another, you know, obviously the travel is hell on your body going the, that way all the way there. Um, but they had another wrench thrown at them was the weather in Boston uh, Friday when they were mm-hmm. anticipating leaving. Uh, all the flights were going to be canceled. So I heard TK um, during one of their practice sessions, he was up in the stands like frantically calling Delta to get, you know, an arrangement for a flight out of uh, New York City. So they had to jump on a bus to New York and then lay over for like 12 hours or something like that and then head over to the West Coast to play L.A. And, you know, last year, this team, the Free Jacks, um, didn't play well on the road at all. And that's really why we didn't make the playoffs. We won every one of our home games except for one. So we were right there in it in terms of home games. But our away form was just really bad off. And uh, the mm-hmm. first two games that we had were against lesser opponents. At least that's what we based on the standings currently where they uh, they fall. Um, but, you know, you would expect this team if it was last year's team, we wouldn't play as well and possibly even lose some of those games. So it's, it's encouraging to see the Free Jacks uh, kicking ass on the road. And hell, we almost beat the defending champions. So that feels yeah, good. definitely. Uh, Rooney's number one fan, Jason Zimmerman, not one in the world, buddy, but number one in the the rugby rant uh, mm-hmm. poll right now. Uh, overall, uh, Mike had Mike uh, the Grand Poobah over there was number one in the Super Brew uh, rugby rant Super Brew last week. Overall, yep. um, got knocked out by Jason. I mean, 
Unfortunately, I think I went four for six, which plus all the bonus points I don't get because I think every match is going to be a tight match. I'm kind of just in middling. Unfortunately, I think if let me if I have it right, plus twenty-seven plus four. I, I'm I've correctly nailed nineteen out of twenty-six matches, but I'm only in like thirteenth place. Which is, you know, <laughs> sucks. You I've know, never Mike, gotten involved in the Super Brew, but uh, everybody talks about it. Like, it seems like everybody I know that is involved in Major League Rugby or a big fan is is all involved. So I need to get in on this next year, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You know, first, yeah. yeah, this is my first year doing it. I absolutely love it. Cool. It's fun. You know, it's pick them. You pick a score line. There's a couple bonus points involved. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit easier to handle than I would say fantasy rugby for MLR because, you know, and we really don't have um, – oh, he's – I am number one in the world for MLR. I don't know about that, Jay. I'm going to have to check that shit. You might be drunk. Um, but it's it's easier to go over <laughs> oh, no. because, you know, is he really? He is. Yeah. Oh, then he can just go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> I love you, Jay. I'll see you on Sunday. But uh, talk about the match, uh, L.A. And, and New England. You know, um, first guy to crack a, a try, our boy Hanko, um, you know, yep. not not surprising. You know, he touches the ball. He runs. He, he goes. Um, so, so him scoring is not quite surprising to me. Right. Um, but New England carried like all the momentum into the second half. Um, yeah. They had numerous, numerous phases uh, right off the bat. Um, and I think it um, who scored the first one? Was it Van Den Hoven? Uh, no. So that was um, Peter Janssen, I believe, was the one that ah, touched okay. it down. For, um, yeah. So, uh, by the way, three tries disallowed in that game for the Free Jacks. Uh, one in the first <laughs> half with Waka. Uh, gets his toe stepped out of bounds before the ball went down. And then we had the uh, the mall that where the referee couldn't see the ball uh, going down. But all of the forwards, like literally everybody in, uh, in the same order was like, yes, 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 we scored a try. So that was kind of a bummer. And then, of course, the last one, it was the real heartbreaker is mm-hmm. the um, – the SWAT play from yeah. the LA player where it looked like he touched it last, but it was actually a free Jack. So, um, uh, it was a knock. It called yeah. it back on the knock. Yeah. That's right. Um, yes. and you know, uh, same thing with uh, rugby, New York, rugby, New York had three tries called back on TMO, including one that had a great celebration at the end of it between uh, Happy right? Sam Windsor and, yeah. uh, and, um, Will Tuck with Will Juck, Tucker, Jack Hayden, Jack Hayden, I think, but yeah, yeah it's interesting. So I, so out of new England and New York, Six tries disallowed, it's called incredible. back by TMO. All of them, I, the the well, I'm going to talk about the the mall one next. But mm-hmm. five out of six, definitely, you know, the plays were the plays. They got them yeah. right. Rooney had the same issue in week two against Houston. They scored a try, which the referee called it on the field. Went to TMO, and he goes, "Well, I can't see it in TMO, so I'm taking it back," which isn't the spirit of TMO. It's, you know, for, for in layman's terms, it's the NFL rules, right? If you can't right. say anything to deny the play, then the play stands as called on the field. So I, I'm wondering if, you know, referees are second guessing themselves sometimes by going to TMO. Yeah, you I mean, know, they're human in those so situations. Yeah, and especially, it, yeah, you know, if you don't see, if you called the grounding, but don't see the grounding, you still called it. It should still yeah. stand. So, and, you yeah. know, one of those, one of those would be the winner for you guys this week. I know, man. It, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaking loss on one hand, but at the other hand, it's like, okay, we traveled to LA in their empty Coliseum, played the defending champions uh, at home, and we're toe to toe with them, and, and almost won that game. Um, just a little bit of misfortune, um, and otherwise, we would have won that game and been three and zero coming to y'all's house um, to knock on the door. You know, so it it is a bummer, but at the same time, I'm proud of them. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, they played a great game. Giltinis are no slouch, you know, and like I said, it's 
going through all the other stuff you're going to go through as far as the, 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 the snowstorm and then getting stuck and then a layover and then wake up and do this. And I think you saw that at the end of the match, uh, you know, a, a number of free jacks were cramping on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was just a part of the entire trip, to be honest, um, yeah. you know, and, and it, it's, it just, it kind of sucks uh, in my opinion to, to, for it to go that way. I think it's just going to continue that way for a little bit until we can, get more of a standard of, of travel, I think. And, and it has been getting better year by year yes. from what me and Mike know, um, mm-hmm. because we, you know, we're kind of, you know, have been inside this for a little bit. So, right. you know, I, I don't think we're quite there, but you know, a snowstorm is a snowstorm. If you're watching from outside of the, the, the Northeast, it was, yeah. I got six inches of straight up ice. It's still on the ground. Um, so, you know, it just sucks. Mike, what do you think about the guillotine win over uh, New England? I think I like I was one that that called the Giltinis over Free Jack, so I was one of my one of my five wins this week. Um, I you know the, <laughs> the Giltinis have been disappointing. I, well, I wouldn't say disappointing, but they have been almost seemed like underperforming. That you know that Houston game would seem like really got to them. Mm-hmm. I think you know Free Jacks are no they're no slouch. They're not going to be a slouch, and they they surely proved that. So it was it was uh, it was close. I I loved it. You know from start to finish. Um, I think yeah, oh, the the big thing has to be though, referees have to really figure out this whole TMO thing. Mm-hmm. And they, well, I think that has to be coming from down on high, where someone you know that someone says, "Hey, look, you know, a TMO is you know if, if there's you know you're trying to find something to dispute the mm-hmm. call that you made on the field. It's not that oh, I can't confirm the call on the the field. It's I, I can't you know dispute the call." Mm-hmm. So or or dangerous play, and I just want to yeah. talk about this real quickly. It has nothing to do with New York or New England. Um, OGs versus Toronto, uh, Fontana Schultz slugging Lucas Rumball four times, not only in front yep. of the official, but the official, the TMOs looking at the play to make sure it's grounded. How did they not call that site that for dangerous play on the field? Is beyond me. So my, but, but that's that's like standard issue right now for OGs. The same thing happened last year against you know yes. uh, rugby New York. OGs in front of I believe Scott Green and yes. the you know the assistant uh, official yes. on the sideline where there were punches thrown and uh no nothing. Yeah, but the TMO is supposed to also call out dangerous no, yeah. play. That's their, yeah their for their sure. Second fun- their first function is safety. I, I yeah. say their first function is safety and dangerous play. Their second function is to check the plays. And man, I think that's a big blow to uh, MLR officiating and MLR TMO release. Did you see that shiner that he got from that boy? He looked it's, like Popeye. I mean, it's uh, I mean, and <laughs> if you see it, there's a video on um, Brian Ray's Twitter where he kind of clipped it, and it's yep. four good shots, and he's drilling them. And I understand Lucas is holding them. In my opinion, if you don't punch Lucas, two things can happen. You can try and make the tackle, and you might get under the ball for the grounding because he mm-hmm. scored right next to you. And maybe the TMO sees Lucas holding you as you're trying to tackle, and then they flag it as a no call. Yeah. So you could have done all that, and you know you know, you know he's going to get suspended for it. He's going to get cited in a meeting for it. So I don't know. Sorry, I just going off on a tangent. We were talking about it. And I just I it blew my mind. But yeah, yeah. no, I think um, you know Giltinis have played. The teams they have played are all similar in style, and I think New York uh, and, New- and NOLA showed last year how you can beat them by minimizing the ball in hand for them and grinding down the game, and that's something that Houston does well. That's something that the New England does well this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've, they, may, they have met their match 
uh, as far as that cons- that's concerned. Uh, they play for the Gilly Cup, I think, next weekend against Austin, which yeah. Austin doesn't grind it down. They play open like L.A., right. so I wonder if you'll see a higher-scoring game and, and, and Giltini's will look, as Mike says, better. Um, well, the, the, you know, I, part of the reason why that L.A.'s had so much trouble with uh, Houston and the Free Jacks uh, is it's uh, the South African influence, right, as you're talking about, the grinded-out grind you know, phase-play rugby. So, uh, And physicality, uh, physicality, as I like to say. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And I think you know New York still has that grinded-out mentality. Yeah. Um, NOLA has the grinded-out mentality if they can stop their mistakes inside the, the red zone. So, all right, let's talk about the uh, New York win against the Dallas Jackals. Um, you know, Dallas Jackals, I told me and Mike had kind of talked about it last week with Sam Windsor. We thought it was going to be a letdown game for the Dallas Jackals, and it was. Um, again, I think Mikey Lash called a great game. Like we said, all the TMO reviews came back correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just two things. Um, I believe Andrew Coe was hit in the air on a, on a, on a play and nothing. And, and Rooney was up by whatever, 40 at the time. But like, again, dangerous play, you have to call it. And then how many times are is Dallas going to get a warning before they get a call on a scrum? They were warned six times by my count, and he refused to pull the card. It's and too my much. point is, and, and and my point is, if you're already handicapping a good scrummaging team on the reset rule, mm-hmm. you have to pull out the card because even yeah. when they went to their subs, our subs were still beating them and turning them. You know, yeah. so like, I understand the game was out of hand, but like, you gotta you gotta call it. I mean, one of the reasons for a yellow card is uh, multiple infractions over and over again. So, I mean, you got to pull it at some point prior to that six for sure. I mean, I think out of every scrummage, uh, um, Dallas was pushed back on all but two. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't retain the ball on some of those pushbacks. But my my point is, think about that. Yeah. 80-something percent of the time, Rooney was pushing them back off off the push immediately. And the worst part about all that, too, is it seemed like when the subs came in, they immediately like, all right, we're not going to, we're, you know, th- their front row subs came in. They immediately like, all right, we're not even going to try this. They, it seemed like their front row was immediately going to the ground. Like, all right, we're just going to at least stop, try and stop this push, which that becomes dangerous. Cause all of a sudden, you know, you're throwing, you know, your hooker basically on the ground. Yeah. Something had to be done with, with lash to, you know, clean that up a bit, I, you know, but you know what? It, it's fine. That, that scrum, I, yeah. I called it, it was scrum porn. That was like, if, <laughs> if any front row, you know, that that scrum made me want to be a forward, like just how badly they were beating them. I'm I'm surprised they were even allowed to televise, you know, how, how bad that was. Mike had what we call in our show a musket sized pants tent over the scrums. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, big player for New York. Uh, that that match was our buddy Pago Heine. Um, he played great. There was at one point he got a counter kick. Was it? It was the it was when we we blocked the outlet, the exit kick, and it became that drop kick from the try line, right? And then yeah, Appy uh, blocked it. So yeah, yeah. Goal and then Pago line. grabbed it, and he had like a good twenty or thirty meter head start. And you saw the defense smartly because I always feel like if you're going to run at a guy full steam, you're just going to you're not making that tackle. The Dallas Shackle stopped, waited for the contact to take him down, and it worked because they got him mm-hmm. right down. I felt like if they had continued to run forward towards him, he would have broken those tackles and got right through. So, you know, Dallas does know how to play um, a good defensive line. When they had the ball in phases, they were making they were making meters. Um, you know, it's just it's just the set pieces. I mean, we dominated them in the lineouts, we dominated them in the scrums. Um, I think penalties were just about this. You know, even. In my opinion, I believe that the number was close to even. 
but yeah, it was just uh, you know dominating off the set piece, which is something New York is known to do. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and and everybody said Pago was the the man of the match. I would say probably Kalola Tuiloma because he was in the scrum and he scored twice. Um, but hey, whatever. Um, also, shout out to Connor Buckley. I think he had three try assists. Um, one of them was that great uh, step he gave and, and broke Trinder's ankles and then threw it out to uh, Will Tucker, who, as he pointed, daintily put the <laughs> ball down for the try, I think were his words. Um, and, and a big shout out to our buddy Wilton Rabolo, who had the 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 longest yet shortest height-wise jump for a try we've ever seen, about three inches. Um, shout out to Wilton. But um, yeah, so let's talk about the upcoming game. So, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll ask we'll ask um, um, score predictions before we leave. But listen, according to Jason, it's supposed to be sixty degree weather. It's supposed to be nice. This is the first home game for New York. Yeah, I know. I'm very excited uh, just for the weather. Um, it's been freezing here, just like I'm sure it's been freezing up up by you guys in uh, yep, Massachusetts yep. and Maine and Vermont. Um, but Man, it's gonna be one of those things. It, does New York get overhyped because they're playing in front of their home crowd? I think they, I think playing away, they've had like um, almost um, kind of a freer attitude on on mm-hmm. playing a little bit. So I wonder if they're gonna tighten up playing in front of their home fans against their rival. That's a great question. I mean, do you go conservative or you go aggressive on your first home game? We'll we'll have to see what happens. But um, I feel you know I feel good about this. Ultimately, the Free Jacks <clears throat> last year were a team that that had a lot of what ifs. Uh, associated with them what if we had won more away games what if we had more depth that sort of thing this team this year has gotten a lot better and I think you guys have as well a credit to um, New York I mean we want to have you guys like be this big essentially but uh, you're not I mean you're a contender every single year so that's kind of annoying Um, you know the branding is is a little wishy-washy but the actual (laughs) you know the actual product on the field is super good so I find that very annoying I hate that you guys are so good but um, I guess on the other hand it is nice that we have like a a competitive rivalry Uh, it shouldn't just be a dominant performance like a 10-year win streak or whatever mm-hmm. that gets really boring right so um the thir- first thing i wanted to say is that i know that you guys are very forward heavy um you know you are the king of the malls as you said on my show with dylan fawcett uh, being what uh, close to the all-time try score in the league simply because of the line out to mall to try combo there so that has to be neutralized uh, for the free jacks if you guys are inside the 22 from a line out i'm assuming that that's what you're going to do and the free jacks know that i mean everybody knows that right that's y'all's bread and butter the problem is not enough teams can stop it. Um, so the Free Jacks have to be working on that in practice this week. Um, one thing to keep in mind is the Free Jacks have gotten a lot better defensively. Um, they, in every single game that they've played, they've, in, in terms of the entire league, they have the most tackles for all three rounds that they've been in competition this year. Um, and it's like heroic numbers, too. It's very New England. You know, it's very gritty. They get in, they really hurt people, and they put them on the ground in one tackle, and they get that jackler over there, which is normally Joe Johnston or Slade to try to get that turnover ball. And what's really cool about the Free Jacks this year is they're so dangerous in that transition turnover. They can score like that um, from a, um, a turnover. Mm-hmm. So I'm really Yeah, excited. I mean, they, that that one um, Bowden Waka kick, uh, chip kick off the off, – I think it was – he received the ball off the kick, came up, kicked it, chip kicked it as he was being tackled, and I forgot who converted the play. But, yeah, it was, it was off a turnover. And, you know, you got – again, you guys – Great defensively, and it's funny. I think Rooney is good defensively, 
Although they didn't get to show it against Dallas because Dallas just didn't have the ball. Right. Um, I think no, as, as I was gonna say I, they did. I was, they did show defensively. You know, their good defense. I think the one the one try was a mistake and a, kind of a fluke. But everything else, yeah. there are times that you know Dallas got lucky and pushed into, you know, the the red zone so to speak. And we had that bend not break defense where all of a sudden mm. everyone's piling up and getting ready and stopping them. There there were times where Dallas could score and might have scored on, on you know a lesser Rooney team of maybe last year, mm. but. It, it seemed like they had everything together, and they they f- fell back pretty well. It, it looked like our defense was was doing pretty well. So I, I have a question for Phil. So the lineup going into LA is that like your number one starting lineup? You, would you think, or were there, or do you think there's going to be changes? No, that's the, the thing. Is um, John Poland didn't start? He's our number nine uh, most frequently throughout the years here. I mean, you know, having Holton younger as the backup is is pretty <laughs> pretty good situation. We've got a one and one A there, but uh, normally I would expect John Poland to be there. And also, um, we've had a kid that's been starting Terrell Pita at number eight. He is a uh, Maori All Black. Um, so I mean, great resumes, like he's like 22 years old. We've got a lot of international young players that have come over here, which is super exciting, which makes us not have any worry about depth whatsoever. But the guy that is missing from that forward pack is going to be Jesse Peretti. Um, just, uh, you know, a pedigree of super rugby level. He has the talent to be an all black. Um, you know, some people argue about his weaknesses, which, you know, I don't want to get too far into. I mean, this is a fan <laughs> podcast over here, yeah. but, um, the talent is there. My brother, mm-hmm. that guy is, he is legit. And when he's standing next to you, we've had the opportunity here at the Jack's Ranger show to be really embraced by the team. Like we get to go to all their stuff, the cool stuff that they do. And when he stands beside of you, I'm, I'm a big boy. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, you know, 240, uh, six foot four, I, you know, I played lock back in the day mm-hmm. and I'm just like. Holy shit, this guy is—he's—he's he's legit. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's how I feel next to Charlie Hewitt. Charlie Hewitt is, is one of our starting locks. He's a legit seven footer. Like, yeah. and you're like, holy shit! Like, he can feel the rain before I can. <laughs> but that was the thing with uh, New York's. Uh, if you know, for any Free Jacks fans watching New York's lineup uh, going into Dallas, I would call their second team lineup, especially up front. Here's the mm-hmm. thing: I think one, two, and three for for Rooney. If you if you take Caleb Geiger out because he only has two years of experience, although he's he's proven he can run the ball very well and he could throw it to a lineout, I'm sure he will be out. He did have, receive an HIA uh, in that match. He went in for a tackle, hit the guy's hip, and went right out. So yeah. shout out to Mikey Lash, like did a double, saw him on the ground, but did the, quite of a double take and then immediately blew the whistle to get the trainers on. But anyway, but I think any combination one two three is can start on any team in the MLR. Um, mm. So. Yeah, was it our second string front row? Yes, but guys like Ben Bonasso not on the field. Um, you know, Appy and Quinn getting their first action from being injured. Conrick Manis getting his first action from being injured. Edford O not on the field. You know, so I think we're going to see what I would call our 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 A squad uh, coming up this this time. I did want to mention, of course, Dougie Fife still suspended uh, mm-hmm. on a three-game suspension for that great injustice that the league levied upon <laughs> the Free Jacks. Um, so, you know, uh, at, at the University of South Carolina, we have this thing like ESPN hates us. So we all say that and, like, we kind of buy into it. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> we find every little example to be like, oh, th- see, there's them again. ESPN's shitting on the free uh, the, the uh, Gamecocks. Game yeah, so <laughs> – now we've got this thing like, oh, the league hates the Free Jacks for whatever reason. And then we like find these little things. It's like conspiracy serious. Like it, it's like next level <laughs> stuff. But, you know, one of the things is like Dougie Five shouldn't have been suspended for three games. But um, so but we've got in his place a veteran of the league mm-hmm. with Mitch Wilson. 
who is very capable at 15. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of depth issues with this team. I'm not concerned at all about, you know, when when the, uh, our guys get tired, our substitutes coming on, these guys, they're not no names. They have mm -hmm. great resumes, whether it be the Southern Hemisphere or, you know, Canadian internationals, American up-and-comers. Mm -hmm. This is a good team. Like, what I've been saying in the preseason and, and, you know, going forward here is it feels good to be good. And in the preseason, it was just on paper good. But we've shown this team is legit, man. Mm -hmm. I, good. I, I don't know the numbers for the Free Jacks, but just with the names I know on the team, I feel mm -hmm. like it's a similar thing where uh, Rooney has 32 guys rostered. Mm -hmm. 17 of them are either USA capped, uh, Rugby Canada capped, or eligible. You okay. know? So more than yep. half the team is what we would consider North American players and not under that that foreign player spot. And I think yep. that's the kind of – and that's how I feel the Free Jacks are set up too. I think that's like almost the perfect amount you want because you are getting some international talent to come in. You are pushing American talent, Canadian talent, or supporting the guys who are already capped there. Yeah, and um, you know, listen, it's a it's a private business enterprise that's trying to make money through rugby, so yep. it can't just be all North Americans all the time. Sure, um, but I feel again similarly on the rosters. It's it kind of so many similarities on the rosters. It's crazy. I mean, you know, us having three really good nines and Andy Ellis, Connor McManus, Connor Buckley. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sam Windsor coming in with with a big leg. Um, Jack Hyten, you know, again a big leg guy who can play ten. He could slot in fifteen. Um, I, 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 and then a bunch of track stars, seven stars, you know, Andrew Coe, Appy, uh, Quinn was a league player. Um, Jason Emery, who, who's fast in his own right. Maori all black. Um, you know, you talk about the uh, ABs. It's just, it's, it's going to be a frigging slugfest. Man. Like I, I, I think it's going, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be super high scoring, but I could see it being like, you know, thirties, low thirties, high twenties, you know, somewhere yeah. around there for both teams. I don't think it's going to be a blowout on either end. Um, yeah. I think it might come down to a score at the death, whether it's a try or a kick, or yeah. you know somebody doing a desperation drop goal when they're you know catching somebody off guard. Like that's, I think that's what's going to be exciting. I think that's what's going to make this, you know, maybe the match of the season so far. Um, so, Mike, let's get your score prediction first, Mike. See, I'm going to go. <clears throat> I am. I've been thinking about this the entire time. I'm going to go. Rugby New York by 10. It's going to be a high-scoring affair, yeah. but I think Rugby New York by 10. Okay, and what, hold on. But hold on. I want him to to, to clear it. Like, so why? Tell me why. Tell me I, why. I think, uh, I think our defense has come together real well. Mm -hmm. We've seen what we can do, um, especially against that, you know, the Dallas team. Yeah, you know, it's Dallas, but like they're still, you know, a solid team. They don't, maybe they don't, they don't have all the pieces there, but they're still a solid team. I think, you know, we saw our blitz defense work really well against Atlanta where, you know, Andrew Coe picked off, you know, two passes, uh, one for a try and one that set up a try. So I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to definitely blitz that outside with our, you know, our speedsters. Um, and I think we've kind of, we've wor we're working out the bugs. I think, you know, Dallas was a work out the bug kind of game. And uh, so hopefully I think everything, you know, all the pieces are there and hopefully they're all together and you know it, okay. it comes together for a nice solid and, uh, yeah. rugby New York win. And, li and like the, and like we like to say when me and Mike give our scores, we reserve the right to change them as the, the, yes. the um, rosters come out. So, uh, Phil, what's your your prediction? 
You see me smiling over here. I'm not going to surprise anybody and say that uh, New New York's definitely going to win. I don't think that's going to happen. But here's the good thing. Both of these teams don't suck, right? So uh, it's going to be a – if somebody's watching this in neutral, they're going to really enjoy this game, Mm -hmm. just like they enjoyed the Free Jacks against L.A. It's a – you know, it's good back and forth. You know, we're going to be in it the entire time, both teams. I think it's going to come down to that squeaky bum time, the last 15, 10 minutes – um, you're probably going to see a score at that point that's going to put it away, and there's just going to be a frantic defense to keep the other team from scoring. So I'm predicting that the Free Jacks will win by the thinnest of margins, one point. So I'm guessing this is going to be a 20 to 21 uh, defensive affair. I'm, I'm not seeing it getting into the 30s for either um, mm-hmm. either team. I think the defenses will kind of cancel each other out at certain points. Um, I think we need to for the Free Jacks to win. I think uh, two things need to happen. We've got to neutralize you guys as mall tries, hard, tough task to do, obviously. And the second thing, what my brother Dave um, Dave McVeigh said on my podcast was, we basically have to you know win the territory battle mm-hmm. to make sure that you guys are starved the ball a little bit and don't have opportunities to score as much as you would like. So I think that's uh, mm-hmm. what it's going to come down to. So it should be a great game. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a great game as well. Our buddy Jason. Uh, Rooney by three. I'm going Rooney by three. Um, here's the thing. Um, I think you're right. I think it's going to come down to the last eight to five minutes about who's going to score. And then if that defense can then hold them, um, it might come down to, you know, extra time. And then the defense can't hold them. You know, we've seen that happen quite often in the, in the MLR. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say New York by three. I'm going to say Sam Windsor either slots a penalty late or maybe a drop goal. He tried the drop goal for Dallas. So he's, pre- he was practicing it, you know, and it just missed. It just missed. Um, it, it almost, it, it had the, it, I thought it had the leg. It looked like it kind of just got hung up in the air. Um, the only thing I'm a little scared about as far as roster concerns are, you know, Kara prior, prior can play lock if needed, but we really only have three legit locks. You know, we have Nate, we have Nate Brakely, we have Charlie Hewitt and we have um, Will Tucker you know, with Nick mm-hmm. Savetta still being in England. So I just get a little, you know, if somebody gets nicked up or injured, you know, and, and, you know, guys are playing back to back, you know, last week we had all three of them starting, you know, two of them starting at lock, one of them starting at flanker. And that just, that concerns me if it's going to happen again. Um, I got two, two things for yeah, you, but go go ahead for finish it. up. No, no, okay. Go for it. Uh, so I wanted to mention, you know, with your storyline here of Sam Windsor hitting the, the drop goal to win the game, that would be very interesting. This is something you might, guys might not know about is Sam Windsor talks to the Free Jacks prior to signing his contract with Rugby New York. So he, 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 to, he, he, he had told me that. Okay. Um, he was looking because he was looking to go East Coast because this is where yeah. his wife's family is from. Yeah. Um, he wasn't sure where he was going at the time, but yeah, he did. He did. He did mention that to me. That um, would be, that would yeah. be really be something. It would just, you know, stab us in the heart one more time there. There's Sammy. Um, and I don't remember what the second thing was, so maybe it'll come to you. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, guys. Um, so uh, Phil and what'd you say about 15 or 20 other free Jacks fans are coming down for the match? Yes, absolutely. So we're expecting at least 15 to 20. Um, I know that um, myself and Dave, his family is coming down. So that's at least six of us. I know of at least two more families that will be down there. And more than that, I'm sure that I haven't heard from. So you'll definitely see the Rangers and the first regiment down there. Um, If you see us in our colors, you know, buy us a beer. It's all about respect, right? With part of the branding of Jack's Rangers is we're a little brash online, right? We, you know, we like to pick, uh, excuse me, make fun of you guys a little bit with the name and stuff like that. But ultimately it's all rugby is all about respect. So when the game kicks off and when it's over with, you know, it's all about, it's, it's just people enjoying rugby. It's all about brotherhood and sisterhood and all that fun stuff. Yeah, no, listen, good, uh, good, 
uh, you know, online banter and back and forth and, and a little bit of trash talk that doesn't go over the line. We love that. Um, when they come to the stadium, everybody, I, I hope everybody's taking pictures. Me and Phil always take a picture together. I oh, want yeah. me and Dave to take a picture because we didn't get one last time. Mm-hmm. So take pictures with Pete with the Free Jacks fans. I want to fill online with the fact that everybody's there to watch MLR rugby, even though yes. it's a rivalry. Yeah. Um, there will be, watch out for an announcement. There should be an announcement on pre and post match activities. Um, obviously, I'll share it. Uh, at the social media at uh, RNY fans and Phil, give them your social media real quick. So it's Jack's Rangers um, all across all, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And jacksrangers.com as well. You can find us on Spotify is probably the best place to look for um, the actual podcast. We're 30 episodes in at this point. It's going real well. You know, a lot of that has to do, you know, Scott helping us out at the very beginning. We appreciate <laughs> you very much. No problem. Yeah. Listen, one of the things I always say, especially when a new team comes in the league or somebody's trying to do something new to promote this sport and this league, why wouldn't I help them out with the knowledge that I know to get them going? I love it. Um, Thank you so much for doing what you do because me and Mike love what we do here. And we know it's just pushing this sport where it needs to go. Um, Jason has a question, Mikey. Are you going coming down, buddy? I'm not because unfortunately I am playing in a touch rugby tournament earlier in the day. And then yeah, I'm, I'm he's, doing a watch Jason, party. He's playing touch rugby. He's not even playing full contact rugby. I know, Typical I know. I, know. I play nine. <laughs> I yell at the referee and I play touch rugby. No, but I'm just joking. Um, we'll we'll miss Mike, but I'm sure he'll be at the Excelsior Pub. So if you're in the yes. area, Excelsior Pub. And yeah, check out our our girl Jazz at the merch tent. Um, if, if new England's looking for any type of New York merch, the merch tent will be open. Um, you know, you never know. Maybe, maybe you want something for the wall or maybe you need to wear something because you lost the bet because rugby New York won. You no, know. I still have that oversized jersey. That, uh, that I lost about 30 pounds, so it's actually going to just completely swallow me this time around. So Listen, you can yeah. wear it at night while you go to sleep, and you can dream about uh, the Roosters. Anyway, <laughs> Phil, thank you so much for going on again. Check out his Jacks Rangers episode that just dropped this morning. I'm on it. Um, listen to it. it. It's a good podcast to listen to when I'm not on it anyway. Um, I like the format of it. It's very fun. Um, I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrar. That's Mike the Grand Poobah Parazzini for our buddy Phil Harris with Jack's Rangers. Uh, we'll see you guys. Uh, on Sunday for our uh, pre-match. See you guys later. Huzzah. Woo.